Our regular listeners are familiar with how important status is for a man's sexual market value. One way you can improve your status is by building wealth and financial independence. And a great way to begin down that path is by investing in the stock market. It's never been a better time for a retail investor with the advent of fractional shares and no brokerage fees for trades. Don't leave money on the table and use one of the several referral links in the description below. We both get bonuses through either free cash or stock, and that's money in your pocket and helps keep the channel going. All right, welcome to the show. So unfortunately, Mike, he is here, but we've only I'm got here. him on audio. I'm so, coming to you live from an undisclosed location. There you go. Uh, so we have uh, the Dread episode. We've been talking about this for a long time now. And I'm telling you what, this one is definitely in Mike's wheelhouse more so than mine. But uh, yeah, we're going to and just kind of plow through this. should be a relatively short episode. There's not a whole lot to really... Uh, to really cover it's you either got it or you don't yeah, there's different levels but it's not a deep dive you know per se like the mission and frame stuff was but i think it's right up there in terms of importance as a concept yes. to understand um so i think that's that's the big four uh, what, do, what do we say the, the congruence test fitness test shit test whatever you're going to call them yep uh testing basically uh, women testing you or anybody testing you and then mission frame. And then this is kind of the, the fourth one that rounds it out in my opinion. And this one's going to be naturally more applicable to guys who are in a long-term relationship or who are dating multiple women or who are uh, in a, you know, in a married situation. Yep. I think. Yeah. L yeah. Uh, cohabitating LTRs married. Yeah. You just, you covered it. All right. So what is dread and why is it useful? Well, a lot of people misunderstand dread. So yes. I'm glad we're going to define this. So first things first, and especially for the, uh, the listeners on audible, uh, what did I say? Audible. I mean, uh, Spotify and all the different podcasting platforms. We're on seven of them right now. Mm -hmm. uh, so dread, what is it? Fear of loss. That's what it is. First and foremost, uh, in terms of dating and relationships, Dread is the opposite of being taken granted, taken for granted. There's very little need for manufactured dread in a relationship when you have implicit or implied options. This is a great uh, bullet point, and I, I want to touch on the word manufactured here. There's Jack Ten of Hearts really touches on this, um, and we'll link the you know in the description exactly the article that he's talking about when he talks about active versus passive dread, and I don't want to preempt too much of the content but when you talk about manufactured dread you are talking about basically used car salesman tactics <laughs> uh it's essentially it's it, it's expecting you know x to do y and and you know you want to avoid that that real close connection on anything so there was a real uh, you know one of the things that we don't have in the slides here that i want to touch on there's a really good recent post over on mrp about uh you're doing dread wrong and all of dread is a covert contract from uh, Ty Red Biggums, who's a guy I, I've followed for a while and respect. And he's got a point here. He's got a point where he says that, you know, basically, especially if you're in a married situation, I think it's probably less true for LTRs because you don't have any paperwork unless you have a kid, right? Uh, there's really nothing tying you together. If you don't have children, you don't have paperwork. Like you've got, you've got those options. Uh, and we'll talk about, you know, what those options 
kind of manifest themselves as. But essentially, organic dread is the things that that you're doing, you know, that you really should be doing naturally. You know, so when we talk about some of the things upcoming here, and uh, you know, th these are some of this stuff is stuff you should have already been doing. And mm -hmm. if you're not already doing that, don't expect to just get a bunch of results based on that, because you know, this is this is some of this is considered the bare minimum, the first few levels. Yep. All right. So why is dread useful? The mere fact that you have this option usually inspires enough dread for a functional relationship. So the mere fact that you have this option, you're having options through either implied or implicit. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, uh, a little bit later, but yeah, you have options. So yeah, you can leave, they, you can leave. They can be replaced. Yeah, for uh, sure. It's really, really simple. And what this, what this does is basically all dread is going to do for you is keep her on her best behavior or keep her from giving you basically her worst behavior. Yeah, it doesn't mean keep them. You're not going to be manipulative and keep them on eggshells. That's not what we're talking about here. It's this is mostly not get, you're not going to disrespect and walked all over. Yeah, someone feeling dread is the opposite of someone feeling like they can take you for granted. And we've talked about this before. This is an old, uh, I think it was a Hartisti. The least invested kind of like controls the relationship, or we should say, the least invested has the upper hand. Mm -hmm. Now. We've talked about this before. We're going to go into this in a second in other episodes with investment. So this comes right out of marketing. It's the scarcity effect. It got the links down below. It goes to Wikipedia. We value things more that we perceive as scarce. We value things less that we perceive as abundance. Um, if you worked and saved for five years to buy up to buy your dream car, and then a week later you won the same car in a contest. Which of the two vehicles do you think you're going to have a preference for? Generally, it's going to be the one that you worked and, and had to really earn. Um, so yeah, totally. Of, yep. I think you know when when you when you think about the scarcity effect, uh, one factor here, especially when it comes to the the red pill theory piece of it, uh, it is written had that article that he wrote back a while ago as to why the kind of um, the, the maxim of, you know, be attractive, don't be unattractive from a practical standpoint exists. And, and I think if you take it back to the scarcity effect in theory, right, there's a lot, it's like semen is all over the place. Like <laughs> yeah. I, it just is like, it, 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 look, eggs are so difficult to come by. They're so scarce, like, right. Female reproductive eggs. I'm talking about, you know, if a woman goes to, you know, IVF, and does in vitro fertilization, if a woman, you know, wants to be, wants to have a surrogate or whatnot, you're talking about tens of thousands of dollars. If a woman wants a guy's sperm, it's a couple hundred bucks. If or, she has you know, to pay for it. Yeah. yeah. Or some shots at the bar. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like yeah. if a woman <laughs> needs a, a guy to inseminate her, it's not that difficult to do. But yep. women only, women only have a few fertile years, guys, where the, it's, I mean, I'm talking about relatively speaking. Uh, nowadays, obviously, medical technology being what it is, it's easier for women to have babies later. But relative to men, men can father children through most of their adult life, if not virtually all of it. Uh, women, that's not the case. So that's why everything kind of stems from that from a reproductive standpoint that uh, impacts sexual strategy and that impacts the practical aspect of 
you know, why you have to differentiate differentiate yourself, why you have to market yourself as a luxury good, because there's a lot of guys out there. Hey, hey, you're giving away now. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, the next slide or the next bullet here is loss aversion. Losing $100 feels a lot worse than winning $100. Or really, we hate losing things. We have uh, things we have more than we like getting things we don't have. It's a weirdly mm -hmm. worded phrase, but yeah, we we would fear losing $100 a lot more than we would uh, appreciate winning $100. Mm -hmm. That's probably the, the better way of, yeah, and I think, it's, yeah, losing feels a lot worse than winning. Well, yeah, obviously. It was a quote from a slide. Don't worry about it. But I think you get the idea. It's that it's it's a loss aversion. So that's what it comes down to. That's part of this what uh, what drives dread. Mm -hmm. Again, the link is down below if you want to read up more on these concepts. Uh, did I go back one? Nope. This is it. Dread is not operant conditioning. You mm -hmm. cannot have a covert contract. And that's kind uh, of what I was talking about in you know earlier on about Tyred Bigham's article. Is he, he's got a point? If you're married and you don't have the option to walk away, at least not easily. You know, if you've got paperwork and you've got kids and all that stuff, and you got a house together. Like realistically, it, it's going to be super difficult for most guys just to pull the plug on that. Like a lot of red tape, a lot of stress around that. So it's not a simple option. Like th that's obviously the nuclear option, but often that's mutually assured destruction in some ways. Yeah. So um, the the caveat here is like if you're if you're married and you're you're in a bad situation, you're considering divorce. There is a divorce guide. We should probably honestly do an RPU episode on on divorce and how to survive mm. that. I would, I would really love to do one of those. There, yeah, I, that I'm a pro, dude. <laughs> that yeah, me, and that, me too. Yeah, you and I both have been divorced. Yeah, um, it's a, it's some, it's a, it's a very common uh, through line in this community. Well, good. I'm glad we're coming up with relevant topics for the, <laughs> for the next couple episodes here. Yeah, but, but yeah. So, uh, it's not operant conditioning. Like, you're not gonna get your wife to just do all of the things you want in bed with. The, the dread levels not going to happen it's not realistic yeah Ask now, me how that's I not this th that's not to say that operant conditioning isn't a piece of how this all kind of functions but dread doesn't play into operant conditioning that's what we're trying to say here um and right there's like the third bullet point uh operant conditioning can generate desired behavior in someone through a system of rewards or punishments um yeah that that's what we have right here that, that's qualification in a sense that's a big piece of that but the reason that this is not good with dread is you end up keeping a score and there's consequences. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Yep. You're going to put it up on the scoreboard. <laughs> you're going to have a cover contract. You're going to be angry about it after the fact. So look, yeah. I, whatever you can do to decouple these ideas, um, you know, if you want to look at them as self-improvement levels, yeah, this is the stuff you should have been, should have been lifting anyway, honestly, yeah. for your health and for your, you know, your confidence level. Uh, but don't, you know, don't do anything where if you're going to, if you're going to go into it and you don't get the reaction you want, you're going to have spent your self-respect. You're going to be angry at yourself and butt hurt. Like don't do that. Yeah. So I just threw the little uh, tags up there. Yeah. If you guys can like the video, subscribe, hit the notification bell, share the video with people that you think can benefit from the material. Now mm -hmm. I, I know that kind of breaks with, uh, you know, you don't talk about fight club, but maybe you want to put it up on Reddit. Maybe you have a Facebook group. Who knows? Yeah, sharing the content will help us grow. Uh, we do not grow the normal way with uh, with YouTube showing our videos. 
this kind of content is probably not long for YouTube to begin with. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's see. Luxury brand marketing. Mike talked about this in just a second ago. Not letting people feel they can take their product for granted, even though those companies do desperately need people to buy those products. This is right out of marketing 101. Luxury brand marketing. They present themselves as this exclusive thing that not everybody can get. But in reality, they need you to buy their products. That's why they advertise it. They need as many eyeballs on the product to buy it to uh, make them money. Except for Tesla, they don't advertise. Just think about it. Everybody's had a colleague in their life or a, a female friend or whatnot that, you know, back when, when you guys were in your dating years, uh, you knew a woman who brought a guy around and he was, you know, kind of like the, the, the guy that, that kind of checked all the boxes, right? Like the, he, he was the full package as we like to call it, right? Like had a good job you know, very handsome guy, very funny, very affable, fun to be around, had a good family, all that's like liked kids, liked to pet puppies, all the kind of like ideal things that women think about on a guy. This is, this is exactly, it's inspiring those kind of feelings and going like, oh man, I, I want to, that's looking at that. Women look at that, right? As that's kind of what I'm aspiring to her best possible option. This speaks directly to hypergamy, mm. right? So oh, like the six sixes. Yeah. So what, what to take away from this, when you talk about marketing yourself as a luxury brand, presentation matters. Why do you think the first you know, half dozen stages of this have a lot to do with the stuff that we presented earlier on? Dread is, in my opinion, it's an advanced topic because you can really screw it up if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely can do that. And that's why we have it on the, the 200 series. But I would highly suggest... If you're not sure what these, this luxury brand marketing means, go back and watch the presentation stuff uh, that we talked about earlier on in the RPU series. Yeah, th this is one of the things that you cannot fake. You cannot fake dread until you make it. You can talk about it, but it doesn't really work the way it would when you have uh, high status, you have options. We're going to talk about why in just a second. Uh, I want to just speak the last bullet just because we need to, they need to hear it on the, uh, the podcast. Dread can be thought of as marketing yourself as a luxury brand. That's what this all comes back to. So you're the Mercedes, you're the BMW, you're that Tesla Model S series uh, plaid that goes 200 miles an hour and goes zero to 60 in like 0.9 seconds. So yeah, you are this really high-end luxury product that everybody would like to have, but not everybody's going to have the affordability for or in in a, in a monetary context. So mm -hmm. build a life apart from your wife. I like that. Level three dread. So it's just another way of saying, do not make women your mission, which is right out of RPU episode 203. Uh, you Now, this is actually uh, a quote from Mike. You must have capability and opportunity for other options. Yeah. And to me, so I didn't, I didn't come up with this. I, I, I wasn't able to find the reference. Uh, I'll go back and try and find it. We'll put it in the description, but there, there are two key components to um, dread level three. And that is essentially what you're doing when you're not around her. Hmm. Right. This is especially true for guys that are in a long-term relationship that are maybe holding off on committing to a girl or trying to, you know, hold off her uh consolidate on you or a, a woman who is like you're just dating and she wants to be exclusive if she doesn't know that you know if you're around her all the time 
you're not hanging around anybody else. You're not hanging around your friends. You're not going to your job. If she sees you all the time, she knows that you're literally not doing anything else but hanging out with her. Right. What does that tell her? Well, you just hit the nail on the head of why familiarity breeds contempt. That's exactly it. And so everybody has known this for eons. Just no one's ever really put it into a context of dread. So you're not creating any mystery at all. Exactly. I I don't care if you're even, and especially if you're a married guy, like I'm not saying, uh, okay, let's speak to the first part first, right? If you are a guy that's capable of having women being attracted to you, like if you look like, I don't know, let's pick, let's pick Joe's favorite guy. If you look like Tom Cruise, he's a handsome dude. I thought you were going to say Dan Blazarin. (laughs) No, no, I was, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to go a different direction this right, time. Tom so Cruise, got it. Let's say if you look like Tom Cruise, like you are, you are a handsome guy, right? You're, you're capable of attracting women. You got a good smile, you got a good sense of humor, whatever it is. Like that's capability. You're clearly handsome. It's not like you would never get a. You're not some fat slob. It's not like you would never get a number in the the history of the world anytime that you go out, right? So. If you if you're if you're a handsome guy, that's capability. You are capable of attracting women. Opportunity, on the other hand, if you're not a social guy and you're putting yourself out there in social circles, social situations, if you're just sitting at home playing, you know, uh, Minecraft all day, then you don't have any options. You don't have any. You don't even have friends at this point, other than <laughs> folks on the internet, right? So, you have to have opportunities where, if you are going to the gym, for example, this is why we say lifting is really important. If your wife knows that or girlfriend knows that you're going to the gym for two hours and there's a bunch of other hotties running on the treadmill looking at you, then that's, you know, capability and opportunity. You're an attractive guy. You're fit. You're in an environment where there's young women and they're staring at you lifting weights, right? In their mind. Yeah. And that's what creates the fear of loss. Like, oh, he could talk to literally any woman at the gym or capability and opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's a very powerful combination that most guys just don't understand or they don't have them. So, and it's something you can manufacture easily. You just got to put in the work. Yeah. Big time. This is, yeah. and this is key. Uh, the one tip here from that same article talking about capability and opportunity, especially if you have kids, like I just did this tonight with my daughter. Uh, she's three and I took her out. I took her out to the lake and, uh, she'd like to throw rocks in the water. We just walk around. Uh, but to my wife, my wife doesn't know what I'm doing. Right? She knows I'm out with my daughter, but she doesn't know what the hell I'm doing. So what does that what does that do? The hamster starts to spin. Yep. So here's an example here if it ever uploads. So it's like, oh, what are you doing? Well, I'm just gonna go surfing. Yeah. Uh, Ex- okay. This is then, fantastic. Yeah. So it's well, who are you going surfing with? Oh, Tina and Becky. Oh, what? You know, it's you have options. Yeah, That's or just e- yeah. even better, oh, a bunch of people. And then when, <laughs> when she asked you, when she asked you, oh, is so-and-so going to be there? Oh, Guys, man, I love that. Yeah. If, if your girlfriend or wife asks you, ask you, is so-and-so going to be there, you are doing it correctly. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and, <laughs> nothing else needs to be said on that point. That, that's just, that, that nails it right there. Uh, going on to the next bullet, conditioning. This is the level four dread. Mm-hmm. So your time and attention are your number one assets in life. And I've talked about this in pre- uh, previous shows. You know, we can always make more money. We can never make more time. All right. It's a finite resource. No one's making any more of it. You only got so many heartbeats on the planet. You spend them wisely. So if your needs are not being met, why are you giving away your attention, your, your, 
your assets for free. So mm -hmm. it, again, this goes right back to the mutual investment of RPUs one one two and one one three. So go watch those episodes if you haven't seen them yet. Uh, let's see. Yeah, and this again this is not making your relationship transactional, but relational. Like how much you care is related to the amount of effort she's putting in and the amount of respect and appreciation she has for you. Yep. If she's disrespectful, naturally you're gonna you're gonna be uh, you're gonna have less time for that, right? You're gonna have less tolerance for that. Well, not only just disrespectful, if she's not putting in the work her, her of her on her own right, uh, whatever it is that you guys have established as the the bounds of your relationship, that mutual investment. If you are the breadwinner and she's the homemaker, if you're that in that dynamic, if she's not holding up her end of the bargain, then what are you doing here? Something's broken. You got to fix that. And dread can very easily quick uh, can very quickly remedy that in a lot of cases. This goes back to the Apple K uh, the, the the map, mm -hmm. where if you put in the work to improve yourself, if something's going wrong, where the, the mutual investment's broken, it's time to start working on yourself, because when you build up yourself, she's either going to respond in kind, and then you're going to have start triggering the dread. Mm -hmm. You're going to the gym. You're getting options again. That'll either fix the relationship dynamic that's now broken, where you can guys can start working on that a little bit. Or you are going to go your separate ways, but you're going to be much better off in the long run because you've already been doing the work ahead of time. Oh my so. God, that's so key. I love that. Let me. Can I just touch on that for a second? So when you say fixing the the dynamics and the relationship that are broken, mm -hmm. what I love about looking the, at the dread levels is if you are not going to have a covert contract about this, what you can do is you can have a preference, right? Like outcome independent doesn't mean outcome agnostic. You can say, look, I would prefer if I had a wife that or girlfriend that was more respectful. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to focus on, you know, moving through these levels of self-improvement. Again, you should, you should be doing this stuff anyway for yourself. And what that's going to do is that is going to naturally put you in a more confident position. You're going to have a stronger frame and you will be commanding more respect. You are going to earn yep. that respect. And the reality is like, yeah, could it happen that you get to the end of this and it doesn't, and, and she doesn't respect you anymore? Yeah, it's totally possible. In that case, don't get angry, right? But just realize, like, <laughs> it's oh, just your turn. She she really doesn't care as much as you thought she did, and then you have a whole different problem to solve. What do you want to do about that? So, oh man, and that's I think that's to be a good episode on its own, right? Sixteenth uh, of August, he had a, a good recommendation for a video series on that. How do you break up with women? How do you avoid the guilt that comes with that? If you guys did have uh, an amicable relationship, but it's just not working like you're talking about, maybe the respect was lost. We How do you navigate up and divorce and one episode? Yeah, that's, I think that's coming. That's going to be a good episode. Yep. Uh, I think we covered this one. We, we talked this to death. Yeah, for sure. All right. Implied versus overt. We kind of hinted at this earlier. So, and this is why my kind of spin on this is show, don't tell, and then implied trumps shown. So what we're talking about is that capability and opportunity. If you are implying that you have opportunities and capability, uh, but you don't have to actually like explicitly show, like you don't have Becky and Tina show up to take you to uh, the beach to go surfing. You just say, hey, I'm gonna go surfing. And then when she asks, well, who are you going with? Oh, some friends of mine. 
Exactly. You, oh, yeah. a bunch of people. Yeah. And then that's when you know you got the right kind of vibe going, which is, well, is, well, who's going to be there? You know, mm-hmm. she's getting that, that inquisitive kind of like, oh, are those two bitches going to be there that I have to worry about? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what we're getting towards. All right. So, yeah, show, yes. don't tell. But if you can, imply, don't show. Because that's what gets that hamster spinning. This is the uh, her. I like that what Mike said earlier. Her imagination is more powerful than anything you can probably come up with. Oh, for uh, sure. This is about building yeah. mystery. Yeah, mystery and intrigue. That is your. That's a very, very amazing tool. So just put it in your little toolbox. Hang on to it. You never know when you're going to need it. But you should be maintaining that throughout the throughout your life throughout your the course of your relationship regardless. I know it's going to be tough to do once you guys have been living together for XYZ amount of months or years uh, and all that. There's going to be difficulty. But again, it's that opportunity. You don't have to say you're going to go with somebody just that she's got to you know, suspect that something's going on. Maybe I'm not saying make her sense, uh, make her think that you're cheating on her or something like that. that that's not what we're getting at. So plausible deniability have fun. Don't make her your mission. Be just have, like you said, it's the capability and options or opportunity. I should say. Yeah. And, and what Joe just said, like, okay, the goal is not to have her scared to death thinking that you are cheating on her. If, if she comes to you and says, are you cheating on me? Like you've been, you've been, at working late at nights at work, like the classic kind of what they, what women come to you and say, especially if you're married is, you know, Hey, you're, di- you've been acting differently lately. You haven't spent a lot of time around me. You've been cold. Da, da, da. You've been spending a lot of time at work. You've been spending a lot of time around new people. Are you cheating? Those kinds of questions, guys, these are shit tests. Go back to the shit test video and you need to, you need to be armed with that answer to say, uh, why would I, why would you think I'm cheating on you? What re- what reason, you know what I mean? Like pressure flip. What reason would you have to think that? Yep. Right. And then just, uh, just hit the ball back past those tests. And then eventually it's going to, you're going to figure out either. She is just trying to test your congruence. Like, are you going to change what you're doing? Well, no, you shouldn't change that. You're lifting and dressing better. Like why in the hell would you dress like a slob or <laughs> go back to being fat? Like you wouldn't do that. Right. It's not a good look regardless. So don't do, don't change those things. So, oh, honey. Yeah. I'm going to stop going to the gym five times a, a week because you're, you're stressed about it. It's like, come on, hon. Why would you, why would you worry about me going to the gym? Yeah. Because so-and-so and so is there. Okay. Well, that, at that point, if that yeah, then gets into what we were talking about in the next slide yeah. too. Yeah. Don't argue Pass the shit tests uh, and just move on and keep doing what you're doing. Yep. And actually we're going to talk about this in just like this next bullet right here. There are multiple levels of dread. There's, 12 levels, the link's down in the description. Go read it. Uh, too much dread at the wrong time can absolutely be disastrous. Oh my you can God, end yeah. up triggering all kinds of, uh, well, we're going to get in that in a second, but the, the comfort, the comfort seeking. So, but yeah, dread can inspire compliance. Uh, it can make them put in an effort if they had maybe slacked off, maybe they're letting themselves go. If they see you getting back into shape, maybe that can light a fire under their ass and they get working out again. Uh, and it can prevent complications. So we've talked about this before. Uh, mm-hmm. You can use dread to disqualify objections before they can occur. So you can do that in a lot of different ways. Yep. So, and a, a very classic one is the uh, the girl's night out. And you can get very quickly get into mate guarding and uh, 
but covert and overt contracts. And you don't, that's not, that's not the way to go about this. And I'm not even sure this would really be the best way to handle this kind of a situation. But generally speaking, if the girls are going to go out for girls night, then the guys can go out for the guys night. But if the guys night just happens to include Becky and Tina, maybe she'll think twice about that. So yeah, it, it could be very quickly turned into, well, Hey, why don't I go, why don't we the good all go out together? What's that? I missed that, Mike. What was that? Oh, I see. Becky with the good hair. Becky with the good hair. Yeah. It can very quickly uh, disqualify the objection of not wanting the girls' night out because nothing good ever happened after midnight. So you can kind of like reshape that energy of wanting to go out and party with the merged group. That's one way to kind of handle that. It's not the be-all, end-all to the situation. There's other th stuff going on with that, but... In this kind of example, just for the purposes of this uh, this show, just go with it. So, yeah, you can disqualify objections before they occur by using varying levels of dread to kind of get that uh, compliance. Oh, we just lost Mike. Or there he is. And he's back. Yeah, you can use varying levels of uh, dread to inspire the compliance, draw effort out of them, and to prevent complications down the road. Inspire is the best word yeah. on this whole slide. And the reason I like this is you are, yes, you are trying to inspire feelings of, uh, you know, a fear of loss, right? But it could very well not have any effect whatsoever. So again, don't put a covert contract on this. If you are only lifting and dressing better and going out and having a better social life because you want your wife or girlfriend to do X, Y, or Z, or to change in any particular way, then you're you're setting yourself up for failure. Because when she doesn't do it, you're going to be upset. But if you look at it and say, like, look, my life's is, my life's going to improve. It's 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 pretty potentially likely that I'm going to get a lot more respect from people, including my wife or girlfriend. Uh, and let's see how that goes. And if it works out, you know, all the better. And then I can calibrate from there and figure out how do I get what I want whether she's on board or not. Yeah. What you were just saying a second ago, it's if you do all the work and then you start getting butthurt because you're not getting the results you want. Well, that kind of takes us into the next slide. Yep. And so unintended consequences, this is the problem with dread and really it's, I should say too much dread or misapplied dread. There's such a thing as too much dread for sure. So you can create the extreme or excessive need for comfort where you end up getting smothered or if she is not getting enough uh, attention or validation, or you've just made her go crazy, you can end up in a bunny boiler situation. For those that don't know, go watch Glenn Close, Fatal Attraction. These things happen. So hopefully you can avoid that by not going unka boonga when it comes to dread. Uh, the slippery slope, this is what we were just talking about, keeping score. Uh, and I'll, you'll have to touch on the going ramble piece of this, because that that's uh, I saw it as like thinking about it. Mm -hmm. I don't know really the, the, the background on that one, but yeah, keeping score is toxic. You're going to have all kinds of problems when you do that. Part of going Rambo, I think, is keeping score, right? It's what, what we're talking about. Go back and watch the episode of the, the stages of the red pill, and anger is one of them because everybody has an anger phase. By the way, from that episode, there's more than one anger phase. Uh, and so this is what it talks about. If you go into to this with a covert contract and you breeze through these and you are – Oh, guys, I spent $10,000, got a brand new wardrobe, got a gym membership, personal trainer, and I put on 10 pounds of muscle, and I got a brand new suit, 
and my wife does not care whatsoever and I'm pissed. Mm. Like that's uh, that's going Rambo. And so what are you going to do at that point? You're angry. And so you're going to go out and you're going to go to a bar and maybe you do talk mm -hmm. to a young lady. Maybe you do get a phone number and then you do some stupid retarded thing that you really didn't deep down end up wanting to do. So look, if you do the work that we talked about as a prerequisite and you went through and you started building frame, right? And you started actually putting together your mission. This is why we talk about this then you're less likely to go Rambo unless you still have real rampant anger problems and needs for validation. So fix that stuff first. But the general guideline, and there's downsides even to you buying into this, so don't, this isn't formulaic, but if you've been in a relationship for a year or two years or three years, you take that number for however long you've been a beta, like if you've been a, if you've been a complete douchebag for two years in a relationship <laughs> you take whatever number of years you've been in that relationship and you multiply that by the number of months right so that's how many months you need at each dread level meaning if you've been in a, a little bitch in your relationship for two years you gotta go you gotta shut the fuck up for two months then you gotta live for another two months then you gotta dress better for another two months then you gotta go get a social circle work on that for another two months that's eight months guys before you have any right to go back and say like, hey, is any of this making a difference in terms of her yeah. level of respect for me? This goes right back to the FLK map. Yeah. Yeah. Work you on it. Just you can't do it all at once and expect there to be a payoff. Yeah. So so one of the best pieces of advice I got from uh, weak and sensitive over on MRP is narrative takes narratives take time to build. And if you are two, three weeks into this process and not getting any results, it's because look, two weeks, two, three weeks is not enough of a data set. For, yeah. for there to be any observable change for anybody, much less your girlfriend or wife. Um, so that's that. That's not, don't go Rambo. Don't expect results too quick. Don't expect results super quickly. Don't go to your wife after two months of lifting weights and being like, hey, fuck me or fuck you because now I'm an alpha and that's that and I'm running the household and you're going to suck my dick or I'd like it or not. That's Rambo. Don't be a fucking idiot. Yep. And now we're demonetized. Yeah, I pretty much. Idea. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much gotten to the end of this portion. We got a little something special for you here. One second. Uh, where did I put the brands? You know what? doesn't matter. We'll go ahead and just, I guess we'll move on. Um, yeah. If there's any questions about this content, if you guys like this kind of stuff, give us a content down below, uh, like subscribe, you know what to do. And with that, Bro tip number seven. Pew, pew. <laughs> I do need to get a little soundboard. Uh, this actually happened on in our private community. I'm not going to say who it was, but this is a real problem. When asking a mentor for advice, make sure you're actually looking for advice. You're not just looking for validation and acceptance of whatever it is you're having a problem with. And I, it's, it's he's not the only one that I've seen this with. I think we've all done this probably at one point or another when we've uh, tried to learn a topic uh, or a new skill. And it's just, it's part of the learning process. But yeah, if you're going to go to a professional or a, uh, or a mentor, just check your ego at the door. All right. That's the, that's the main thing that I have out of this. Uh, how about you, Mike? No, I love that. Uh, I, my, my uh, little takeaway from this pro tip is I always recommend having three mentors at least. Mm -hmm. And also the, uh, the the ask the question five times why. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. So why are you asking the mentor? Why are you asking? Keep repeating it until it really crystallizes in your mind what it is you want to get out of this resource. So yep. think about what it is you're trying to get at, uh, what you really need help for, help with, and then even write it down. So this way you don't meander or if you don't get off uh, off topic or you're to avoid scope creep too. Maybe you get presented with a lot of options you never thought about. Well, if you're getting off track, go back to your notes and look, okay, look, this is what I really have the problem with. Can you help me with this or not? Mm -hmm. So just, yeah, a little pro tip right there. A little bro tip. All right. So I think that covers it. Is there anything else for this evening? No, uh, I really, I really like that we came up with the idea, uh, and especially from 16th of August, uh, incorporating the the breakup piece. I think that's a huge one, but I think divorce is even more so, um, because so many guys have gone through it that that we talked to. All right. Well, I think with that, we'll call it here. We'll head over to uh, the community. Oh, we got we got questions before we pull oh, the plug snap. on. Yeah, well, I'm glad you caught me because I was about to plow through. Yeah, you were about to. I got a new off, video. Man. Is why I, 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 I'm all happy about this new video and art we did. You so got gotta, jazzed up, man. Yeah. Oh, dude, I love that intro we did. That I'm happy with that. So we actually uh, uh, have some good questions. Um, first, I'm going to say, do, 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 chili pepper. Been watching you guys. Great education on social dynamics. Thank you. Uh, we really we appreciate the feedback. Um, more so. If you have anything that you want to hear that you want us to touch on, please definitely post the suggestions or questions uh, in the chat. It's valuable to us to figure out, you know, what's relevant to you guys, but we want to be touching on, you know, the stuff that that you're asking. We don't want to leave questions, yeah. you know, big important questions should not go really unanswered. Right. Uh, let's see, Andrew R. If your needs are not being met, then why are you giving away your assets for free? Say you need more sex. What are ways to make this known without being passive aggressive? Ooh, well, you can articulate it, but it's never, this is one of those subjects that you can't really articulate. You're going to have to make it you because you, you're trying to negotiate, negotiate desire at that point. Well, I'll tell you exactly how to do it. it. Don't be passive aggressive, be aggressive aggressive. And by that, I mean, yeah. don't you, first of all, let's, Let's get a couple of caveats out of the way. When you are talking about sex, you cannot negotiate desire. And I realize that's a red pill platitude, but that's true. You can't talk your way into a woman having sex with you. That's why pickup artistry never worked in the long run. It just didn't. Like you get, you yes, you can engage in a conversation. You can inspire inspire feelings of excitement, broadcast confidence. You can make sure you don't say anything that doesn't put your your foot in your mouth or you don't step on your own dick, but you cannot negotiate desire in and of itself. The, the desire is there or it's not. Yeah. Uh, and you, and you can, you know, be more likely to inspire that. So I, I don't want to talk that to death, but um, from a Being sex old, like what we were just yes. talking about right there, that boldness can inspire attraction. Being a bit more aggressive can inspire a little bit more of a, Oh, oh okay. You know, maybe he is interested in me because sometimes they don't know you're interested. Now but you should never be talking yeah. about sex. Like there's no, re there's no real need to discuss it at all. Right. Other than like, Hey, uh, could you, you know, you're sitting, you're laying on my leg wrong. Could you roll over something like that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like logistics. That's fine. Like if you're already in bed, but don't talk about sex. There's no need to, uh, if well, you're I a guy. Think, well, right can, here, I think what Andrew's getting at, it sounds to me like he's in a relationship, Yeah, but totally. it doesn't necessarily mean he is. It could just be, He's uh, striking out. How does he go about it? 
So say you need more sex. What are ways to make this known? So maybe you're in a relationship or you're not. There's way. Uh, so I'm thinking like friends with benefits or. Yeah. I'll tell I'll tell you ways to make it known. Yeah. Escalate more. Initiate more often. Like yeah. uh, especially married guys. You're going to sit on the yeah. couch, you know, crying to yourself about, you know, how you don't get the sex you want. Well, you know what? Uh, if you've done all the work and you're initiating and keynoting your wife and you read Sex God Method and you're going to start inspiring strong feelings and generating excitement and, you know, trying to be a little bit more dominant in terms of like, oh, maybe you grab her and you kiss her, right? I'm not talking about dominant, like, you know, chain her to the ceiling unless she's into that. But Cave the base, yeah, like the basic stuff, like, guys, just take the lead a little bit. Like she's going to. You know, if especially if Andrew, if you are in a long-term relationship, man, just initiate more, have that confidence in terms of overt sexual interest. And that's not passive aggressive, that's aggressive aggressive. Yeah. The boldness can trigger feelings that you didn't that were kind of like below the surface that may have just kind of been lingering or ignored. There's a but generally speaking, though, if she's not jumping your bones, there's other structural structural issues going yeah. on in the relationship. So fix that. And then yeah. sometimes you just got to throw them on the bed and they're into it and it's fun. Like uh pinning them up against the wall. Yeah. Stuff like that. Or absolutely. Can you go caveman? If you can't pick her up over your head right there is a big problem. I don't know. My wife's pregnant right now. I'm not doing well, that. Well, <laughs> yeah, we're not going to bounce around the edges here. This is, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is, yeah, you get the idea. Uh, moving on to the next one here. We got the best way of getting compliance is loss of social currency. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I mean, no, look, nobody as a woman likes the stigma of being an old maid uh, and not having any options. No woman uh, likes the idea of being a divorcee and being damaged goods, right? Single mothers are, are absolutely not uh, high value in terms of the sexual marketplace. So you're right. The, the, re the reason, all of, for all those reasons, fear of loss definitely, um, well, I think taking sex off of the table, like denying them the the sexual interest, can get them into a chase frame. I've seen it. So it kind of talking about men denying sex can get them yeah. into a chase it, frame. It's where this uh, we talked about before with the nuclear option. Whenever you deny a woman's worth as a sexual person, which women derive a lot of their worth from their sexual cachet, comes back to uh, you know the the fertility aspects. Where men are, you know, many women are few in that kind of context. So if you say, even though you are few, eh, I don't want you. I'm gonna go with somebody else. If you mm -hmm. give them that 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 ego hit, can like, oh shit, you know, they can really, yeah, it can go sideways pretty easily depending on the context. But what I'm getting yeah. at here is, if you deny them worth as a sexual option, if you just exclude them outright. That can create a chase for him, a very strong one. And sometimes it's like the dog chasing the car. If they do get you, then they don't know what to do. Yeah. So, but maybe that's the that's a whole another subject and altogether. But what you're getting at, it's yeah, I think absolutely is is right. But yeah, I, yeah, I think Chili Peppers on, on the right track here in terms. I wouldn't I wouldn't say the best way of getting compliance. I would say the best way of getting uh, her being on her best behavior. Right. It's, she's not going to, again, it's not operant conditioning. You're not going to get one particular result that you wanted out of her. That's a covert contract, but are, are you going to get her, her the best version of her? Yeah. You're more likely to for sure. 
Now, Bagley, his questions here are really, really awesome. Can boundaries created beforehand decrease the need for dread? I'm going to say no, because it goes back to Brufold's law. Boundaries created in the past, they don't mean nothing. They, they really don't. So you can come up with all kinds of boundaries. You can come up with uh, agreements. You can come up with uh, a kind of currency kind of system where none of that shit matters. Once she's gotten hers, none of that stuff holds water. Okay. Well, yeah, that after she's gotten hers, yeah, she's going to continue to test the boundary. Half, but here's the thing. If you are a person, you know, going to his question about boundaries created beforehand, boundaries are a part of frame. They're a huge component of frame. And if you have established that you have, this is how you are. These are your values. This is what you will and will not tolerate out of anybody, much less a, a woman in a relationship. If you've established that and it's been consistent over a long period of time and you've enforced those boundaries, right? Like you've maintained them and enforced them. Uh, and if she's been disrespectful to you, you don't argue, you just don't tolerate it. You know, you walk away, you know, come back another day and talk about other stuff or whatever. If you're doing that, then yeah, I would say that probably decreases the need for dread. Um, I would I would argue that most guys that are doing that, they don't. The reason they don't need dread is because they were doing the right things in the first place. Well, now there's like, a flip side that is too, where if she's testing the boundaries, that can create dread in the guy. Oh so, yeah, yeah. No, oh, do I back down and give her what she wants? Then guys, you lose frame. It's a mess. This is such a good point that Joe made here. Dread works both ways. Oh, and if you're an if you're an anxious little bitch worried about what she's doing out on ladies' night, I'll give you an example. If my wife goes out with her friends or anybody, even if it's people that we do don't know, whatever, I'll tell you what I, you know what I tell her. I tell her, have fun, hun. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, and that's it. I don't think about it. I don't care what she goes out and does. You know, it's, I mean, could she be, you know, could she be out meeting guys? Yeah, is she is she probably not, right? I know her pretty well, but if that were to happen, then we'd have a problem at that point. Right. And I've, I've so talked why, about this before. I worry with, about it. I've talked about this before as well with uh, boundaries and, and all that. You definitely have to establish them well in advance, but just because you did doesn't mean they're going to fall in. You well, can't force that. Boundaries have to be defensible, right? Yeah. And you see this, especially with kids, right? Oh, if you say, yeah. I'm going to take your toy away if you do X, you have to be able to take the toy away. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You absolutely have to have standards and expectations. And they need to know what the consequences are if they fail to measure up. And you need to be able to follow through. If yeah. you set the boundaries, they test them, and then you fail to uh, follow through on whatever you said was going to happen, dude, you're, you're, in, you're incongruent. You're done. Yeah. yeah. Also, I got to give uh, look at Bagley, man. He's like this uh, Vin Diesel-looking motherfucker. Yeah, look at this guy. Yeah. He's jacked. If that's you, Bagley, congratulations. Keep lifting. Looking yeah. solid. Doing the work. And he actually has a follow-up question here. Creating boundaries and enforcing them and, and enforcing them consistently decrease the need for dread. I think this is just restating his, his yeah, first question. It's, but it's it, it's kind of yeah, it is, but creating boundaries and enforcing them consistently decrease the need for dread. No. Um, so it's it's like a two-part question. So I'll just kind of re, uh, summarize. So can creating boundaries ahead of time reduce dread? Can creating them and enforcing them consistently decrease the need for dread? In both cases, no. There's you, you yeah, you've got to stay on your game. You got it's it's a constant process. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think any guy on RPU or the Discord or any in the community is going to say like, "Yeah, don't don't worry about dread. You don't have to. You don't have to worry about it at all. Don't don't do any of that stuff." I would say you you need to be at least implementing this, if not for self improvement, you know, definitely as part of like, "Hey, I I want to make sure I get the best possible version of whoever I'm dating." Yeah, it's it comes down to mending fest, fences. Once the fences are put up. You know, you still got to maintain them. You got to put the screws back in now and then. You got to paint them. You got to maintain the uh, the boundaries. It's just the, that's that's part of life. And like I said, there's no there's no guarantee they won't drive a truck through it. Anyways, things yeah. happen. There's no guarantees at all. I mean, she may not care. She may. Yeah. I've seen <laughs> I've seen married guys where, you know what? Uh, if they're late in life and their wife is making if if they have a certain lifestyle. And their wife knows that she's making enough money. The kids are grown. She doesn't care if he's out running around on her, right? Like her bills are paid. She's good. Yeah. Sometimes, I've seen yeah. women like that. That's like, you can't, that's not, in that case, you can't run dread on it. There's no dread to be had. Yeah. Well, I think that's the end of the questions. We've covered all the material. We've gone through the bro tip. All I think we have left is our little new outro. And we'll see you guys over on discord. Link is down below. We will do the after show. In just a few minutes. We'll see you guys there.